0: Welcome to Bookish at Bethel. I'm Carrie Pefley and I'm in the philosophy department. I'm Anne Marie Koistra, I'm in the history department. And today we're joined by Michelle Turner, who is an alum of our program, was a TA in our program, and is now an art historian teaching, has had some experience running some galleries. We're gonna talk to her about humanities, art, all kinds of traveling,
1: all kinds of good stuff. Thanks for listening. today we have Michelle Turner uh, hi there hi Um, and so we're gonna talk uh, um, so Michelle you were in the humanities program when
2: I was a student here I started as a student in fall 2007 and I was in the humanities program at that time it was a full Mm -hmm. freshman year and all sophomore year yeah and I believe at the end of my sophomore year I had been asked Uh, or I had really enjoyed my time and been encouraged to maybe participate more. I was a business major, um, and junior year I began as a TA, and then I continued as a TA until I graduated. Mm -hmm. Oh, that is so good. And so then what did you end up graduating with in terms of your major? Did you stay a business major? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I stayed a business major. I had always... Um, integrated art and sociology because I wanted to take that with me into the business field um, but the humanities as a general course really appealed to me and it really got the best of me by the end even though I ended up finishing with um, a business degree. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Did you end up with a, an art minor at all?
2: Yeah okay. I ended up with an art minor and art history minor. Okay.
1: Oh, yes. That's so fantastic. Mm-hmm. I love that combination right? Mm-hmm. That's a fantastic It worked out
2: well. Yes.
0: Oh. because that's kind of what you're doing now involves that. So can you describe what you're doing? Sure.
2: So um, I've had kind of a, a few, like a, a long arch, you could say. Mm-hmm. I just finished up working at a gallery in Minneapolis, Groveland Gallery. I was there for three years. Um, but I've also worked at the University of Northwestern mm-hmm. with their art department beginning as the office coordinator there um, while I wrapped up my master's in art history Mm -hmm. at the University of St. Thomas. And I wrapped up my master's just in May. And this fall, I've started teaching. Mm -hmm. So it's been a really fun um, involvement in the arts. And Mm -hmm. yet I'm also using my business degree. I'm working in academic operations also at the University of Northwestern.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, very interesting. Okay, so a couple of follow-up questions. So at the Groveland, what kind of art... Did you um, see there? Yeah, so, represent, yeah.
2: Sure. So Groveland Gallery has been around since the 70s, and we've always represented contemporary artists who primarily are creating representational artwork. So okay. oftentimes you're going to see a lot more landscapes, um, some still lifes, not really any figures, but um, artwork that individuals want to take home, have on their wall. Mm-hmm. We have some abstract artists, but we our strength is really in representational artists. And these... Artists are teachers throughout the Twin Cities, mm-hmm. um, and um, some hold an assortment of other jobs as well. But yeah. do you have a favorite one that you Oh, would... you can't ask me that you, I can't <laughs> ask that. You can't ask. Okay. So it's so funny. On the first
0: night of my <laughs> aesthetics class every semester, I and I warn the students in advance, I want you to come with your favorite work of art. Yeah. And it's a ploy to get us talking about why yeah. we find things beautiful, what pieces of music art. And all
2: of the art majors always say, that's totally unfair. You can't well, make me do that. <laughs> yeah. And especially when you work at a gallery where all the artists are living and all oh, the artists sure. are local. Mm-hmm. Um you can't pick they're all your favorites you have to be able to represent all of them and Mm -hmm. be an advocate for them so Mm -hmm.
1: okay Mm -hmm. so um, you said that you also had finished a master's degree recently and so what was your thesis about
2: Uh, okay my thesis was on a, a British artist by the name of Sonia Boyce She is still alive today. She's had an over 30-year career, a really um, impressive career span. She was a part of the Black British Arts Movement in Mm -hmm. the UK. She was really um, spearhead of that movement, and so that's primarily how she's still recognized today, but her work has uh, radically shifted over the last 20 years. And um, I was focusing on that because it hasn't received a lot of attention and tying it back into her earlier work, kind of drawing okay. themes that, that have existed throughout um, her whole career.
1: Yeah. And how did you hear about her?
2: Um, actually, I was in a class called Afropean. We were looking at the relationships between um, Africa and Europe. And we needed to kind of move forward to some topic artist and the professor recommended her i started out with one work i also started out with a bit too ambitious of a paper topic i wanted to see how uh art and uh you know racial politics had evolved over 30 years in a 10-page paper and she was like no i don't think you know you're gonna get too far or anyways you'll get stuck at some point and sure enough i did um she was a case study initially as one of those artists, and I picked up on a theme that no one was talking about, and so 10 days before the end of the semester, or I should say before my presentation, I reached out to her and I said, I don't think anyone's writing on this. Sounds really interesting. Can I totally switch gears? And she goes, you're in the trenches. You know, you know better than I do. I'm mm-hmm. gonna leave it to you. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was just like, well, let's do it. I have 10 days, let's turn this paper around. And I did it and I presented and we went out to ice cream afterwards to celebrate the end of the semester. And she turns to me and she goes, Michelle, I think this is going to be your master's thesis. Um, yeah. And actually, um, the over the summer, I applied for a research grant. Mm-hmm. And I had the opportunity to travel and actually go to London and meet her in oh. person, which was phenomenal. Yeah. Um, she was very, very warm and gracious. I was also able to meet a number of other um, Arts, uh, individuals in the community, individuals she's worked with, curators, people who gave me a catalog book afterwards, an individual who took me into one of the um, British political buildings to see one of her pieces in an office wall, and we had to, you know show our passport and get a badge and go through mm-hmm. security um, and when I met Sonia we met at the Royal Academy of Arts in London and she took me to the coffee room there which which is just for members and she was the first black British uh, woman to be accepted as a royal academician um, she's had a lot of her she was also the first black British artist uh, to have work accepted into the Tate Modern and mm-hmm. um, and of course, we're meeting with her. We're talking. We're getting along well. And then I come to find out um, she's meeting the queen a week later to receive an honor. Oh my <laughs> Just gosh! Like, okay, I'm a no. You know, I'm a nobody from Minnesota, but. Uh, again, she couldn't have been more kind and um and the research really went well, so now I'm at that point where I've sort of jumped right from masters into teaching, but I'm looking forward to the upcoming breaks and maybe submitting this work elsewhere and mm-hmm. being able to attend conferences and really talk about it. Did you right. send your thesis to her? I have some polishing to do, but I intend mm-hmm. to i actually i have a stack of like um things that I have for her in my room i it's now it's just like Putting it together, and I think Thanksgiving and Christmas will be that perfect time. Oh, that's awesome. great! Nice.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Cool. Yep. And she's doing so. It's, when you were a TA
2: here, yeah. were you leading tours at the MIA? Yeah, I. W- that was like my soft spot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so
0: when we took humanities one students to the MIA or Mia as it's now called this yeah. this fall. Um, Our group of students ran into Michelle's group of students Mm. at the MIA. (laughs) So
2: St. Thomas and Bethel
0: students together.
2: Yeah, I tried to take all of my classes there now just because it's so close. It's in the Twin Cities. Mm -hmm. It's an incredible resource, and it really connects the learning um, to the real work. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it was a joy to be able, the fact that the faculty entrusted TAs to lead those tours and give them the resources. (laughs) She's like nodding over there. Um, And then Wayne Rosa just providing some leadership in that too. Mm-hmm. It was really sweet yeah. yes well and so
1: we posted some of the sketches of the deriferous i uh, saw that did you see that <laughs> yes so that's yeah. fun so.
2: dory at first i thought you were going like finding nemo and i was like i know that's, that's exactly that's uh that's thought, dr too.
1: eric or uh, that's professor eric mm-hmm. leaf no, uh contribution so he kept saying the dory sketches and i thought oh that'll work we'll just use that as <laughs> okay. our title okay so, yeah. nice yeah <laughs> <laughs> we gotta <laughs> humanize him a little more so
0: mm-hmm. he's too perfect otherwise oh, indeed wow mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Deriferous, that Der- uh, is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, so um, I was thinking, okay, what do I want to ask you no. about humanities? Okay. And mm-hmm. so uh, I was thinking, I really have two questions. I'll start with one, and then Carrie can, you know, railroad us into a different direction if she <laughs> wants us. But are there books in um, humanities that you've reread mm. since humanities, and or are there books you wish we would have read in humanities that we didn't?
2: Ooh, um, good question. Mm-hmm. My reading has gone all over the board since I finished. Um, I don't reread books in whole a mm-hmm. lot, but I reread sections. Mm-hmm. And especially as I'm bringing ideas into artwork, I'll look at major philosophers mm-hmm. and the ideas of the time. Um, and then, of course, when you go to your master's program, oftentimes the classes are very niche. Mm-hmm. And um, I think... In grad school, I really learned the importance of some articles, like watershed articles that have influenced philosophy, history, art history, um, and all of the above. Um, but as far as a book, I would recommend. You have me stumped right now. I'm not sure. That's okay. That's okay.
1: Um, do you? So, are there anything? So, as you're preparing your lectures in art history, though, <laughs> like what <laughs> sorts of idea people do you bring into your art? history lectures then? Sure.
2: So right now I'm teaching two classes. I'm teaching um, Introduction to Art History at the University of St. Thomas, and I'm teaching African art at uh, the University of Northwestern. Mm -hmm. And it's the first time they're holding or they're having African art there. It's their first non-Western art course. It's actually Uh, a a course I proposed and then was accepted. So that's great. It's really exciting. Um, But my bedroom looks like Uh, like, I have as many books as I have a bed and a desk, and um, I think my roommates, it's starting to overflow into other public spaces right now. So um, I'm really, I'm pulling from everything I can. Uh, I'm looking at it's it's interesting, particularly with African art, because it will look at the traditional and then oftentimes jump and go right to the contemporary. Mm. And so we're in the middle of the um, quad right now. It's a quad class. And talking about the diaspora and mm-hmm. how in the diaspora, this time in between as blacks from Africa are dispersed, around the world, primarily mm-hmm. because of the Atlantic slave trade. Um, these are individuals who are being taken and not being allowed to take any possessions with them. So mm-hmm. how do we track that history? Where's the art history in there? And so we start looking at the hybridity, mm-hmm. um, and how these cultures are being influenced by the areas that they're having relationships with. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, I'm, I'll be talking soon. Um, this week is really the heavy week. F- for us, we're talking about uh, colonialism, imperialism, and then the slave trade, mm-hmm. etc. But we have one more class before Thanksgiving break, and we're going to be talking about the power of an image. And I'm going to be bringing in um, Frederick Douglass. Oh, okay. fantastic. And Humanities guy. Humanities <laughs> guy. And um, he's an individual who took many photographs yes. of himself mm-hmm. and the power of a photograph. Yes. Um, and then also talking about W.E.B. Du Bois. Mm. Um, and he did, I mean, he did an incredible amount of work uh, in the U.S., but he also went to um, Paris be a part of the World's mm. Fair there and brought some photographs with him. And, of course, W. E. Du Bois talks about this idea of double consciousness. Yeah. Right. And, and that plays out into contemporary art. And so mm. I really want students to learn you know, philosophical ideas that play out visually. And so, Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, a range of items. I love that.
1: I love that. I was just um, a couple years ago, I was at the Organization of American Historians conference and there was actually a whole panel about Mm. Frederick Douglass and the photographs of Frederick Douglass and his stance. So that's very exciting to Mm -hmm. hear that you're so current and you're teaching and, you know, that's great. Mm -hmm. Good job. But still
0: bringing in Frederick Douglass. (laughs) I
2: was like, (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah that's
0: good, so we have been speaking of the power of images, yeah. we just had Wayne Rosa lecture last last week, I suppose nice. on medieval iconography yeah. and the sort of imagery. What are your memories from wayne rosa 's art history lectures, especially on the medieval period since that 's what our students are focusing on right mm-hmm.
2: now uh, medieval period, I just remember. Um, I mean obviously you're coming back and bringing this Christian iconography in mm-hmm. and also I remember going on a tour with Wayne Rosa and touring the medieval areas and seeing the incorporation of gold leaf um oh, being sure. put on uh-huh. there and he would talk about even the importance of the breath of the making of these pieces and how um you know God breathed you know spoke uh creation into existence and so this breath attaching this gold leaf uh, to a work and the beauty of that and um, I guess that's my biggest takeaway and then I remember going to uh, Malevich which would be later and he Mm -hmm. is a very minimalist artist and he's putting this image of a black, solid black square on a white piece of paper up in the corner Mm -hmm. and so even the location of images and so I, I think challenging this idea of Yes, what is the subject matter, but also what is the location, and then through mm-hmm. the medieval art, what is the application or what is the making process, and how do each of those stages um bring importance into mm-hmm. the work yeah,
0: and even as you talk about the sort of representationalist art at your at the mm-hmm. gallery you were working at, the medieval period is moving away from some of the more simplistic representationalist approaches the yeah. the The figures are mm-hmm. becoming much more icon like as opposed yeah. to realistic yeah um. Mm-hmm because they're supposed
1: to do something else yeah. as we look at that art. That's I I I love hearing you talk about this. Mm-hmm. This is so great. <laughs> I feel I sort of feel sort of somewhat proud. Like we had something oh, to do. We had something to do with the education. feel proud. Yeah.
0: Well, it's so exciting. funny. I I think when you first when I first came to teach at Bethel, you were a TA in the program.
1: Okay. I
0: think that must have been when
1: well, I had Michelle Turner oh in humanities. God. Oh my gosh. And then mm-hmm. she was Fantastic. <laughs> okay, people. I know. <laughs> Sam move
2: the paper right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Well, okay. One of the things that we like to ask our oh, yeah. our all of our guests, mm-hmm. as you probably know, um, is what are you reading that's interesting right now? doesn't have to be related to art or humanities or medieval It can be period.
1: frivolous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> Thanks for giving me permission. <laughs> uh-huh. um, no, actually, I have in my bag. It's a book. It's something that I want to finish. And it's a book that influenced... Um, the end of my master's thesis. It's a book by Claudia Rankin, and it's called The White Page. Um, And yeah, it's a short, short little book, but it is about a black female artist who's making work and her relationship to individuals who are on the opposite side who are purchasing work and Mm -hmm. what conversations are going kind of back and forth. Um, Yeah, so, she actually, she came, I believe she teach she teaches on the East Coast, and she came and spoke at the Walker Art Center earlier in the spring, and I attended that, and then she came back about a month later and spoke at the Minneapolis Institute of Art, and I was able to attend that as well. And from her talk at the Walker, um, I had just given the defense of my um, thesis, um, and again, because no one had really written on this subject, I was taking my best 40 page guess plus mm-hmm. you know 40 plus page guess at what what was going on here and uh, I hadn't quite na- or I should say I started too broad again mm-hmm. I was trying to cover how this theme had appeared in her work over 30 years and it's mm-hmm. a 40 page paper so they were like you're not leaving much room to go into anything right. so they said why you know even though you might see this trajectory throughout the entirety of her career let's pull out four examples just as case studies Mm -hmm. and um i was like all right how am i gonna pare this down and um the introduction to claudia rankin's book um helped give me some of that direction
1: nice interesting yeah Mm -hmm. do you have any um books on your christmas list that you are hoping someone will give
2: you for christmas um i'm sure i do i'm totally at a book loss right now (laughs) um okay how about this what
1: Let's say you have somebody in your family who is just filthy, filthy rich and has total connections. What painting or piece of art would you ask for for Christmas? Oh, my oh gosh. I'm just saying,
2: right? I think, you know what? Uh, I will say if someone could purchase the Paul Cezanne painting out of Mia for me and I could have that in my <laughs> in my house. I would love to have that.
0: That's what you would have? Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Carrie, do you have one? Oh, an artwork that yeah. I would. Oh, gosh. Now I'm stumped. Oh, I, have to, I would have to think about that. I mean, I was thinking, uh, right, because I'm a medieval nerd person. <laughs> I immediately was thinking, oh, I know what, but I would want an entire like old and entirely Latin set of Aquinas's Summa. Oh, That would sure. be my, if, if someone had a ton Fantasies. of money. Wow. Mm-hmm. Because it's like sixteen volumes. It's a, a very large, <laughs> large set of wow. set of works. Um, in terms of in terms of art, oh gosh, I mean, I I am very much drawn to some of the formalists and mm. minimalists. Mm-hmm. Um, so I might go for something like like a Mondrian. Sure. Maybe even some sort of Kandinsky. Ooh,
2: um,
1: you're getting wild. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty wild. <laughs> <laughs> That's scary for you. Yeah. There's a really, I think, beautiful, and Michelle will know this, uh, there's like a flower that Mm Kandensky painted that's in the Mia that mm -hmm. I really like. Is it the gray with the sort of red? Yeah.
2: Oh, I love that Mm -hmm. one. So right before you get to the room that has Cezanne and Van Gogh and Mm -hmm. Gauguin, you have more impressionist work, and yeah, right. in that space, there's a Kandinsky and there's also a Mondrian yeah. yep. uh, landscape. And it's so fun to bring students' attention to that mm-hmm. because you enter into this expressionist time period where things yep. start to become pared down and more minimal. Yeah. Um, and people often think, well, they didn't have the talent to do any better, but um, that's not often exactly. the case. Yeah, yeah. They were doing really amazing Yeah. representationalist
0: stuff, but just interested in the form and the mm-hmm. structure. Mm-hmm. Do you have a book on your
2: Christmas list?
1: Oh a book on my Christmas list. Um From again, from your incredibly wealthy oh, relative. Yeah. Oh a book? Well, so no, I would say not a book. But I was just I was thinking the piece of art that I love the most in the Mia is the um Van Gogh not yes. Is it the, the no, it's the Rembrandt, the Rape oh, of Lucretia. The Lucretia. Lucretia. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. That's that's kind of a weird one to ask for in some ways, but <laughs> but it's got to be I think one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although there was a Vermeer briefly at the yes. museum. It oh,
2: had a whole room to itself. And it had
1: a and that was, that was breathtaking yeah. also. So mm-hmm. but I don't know. I don't I just like books. I mean, I would take a $2 book mm-hmm. yeah as well as a really expensive, illuminated text. Although, Mm -hmm. so we had Professor Haig lecturing about the medieval church, and she mentioned that, you know, a lot of these, you know, monks are spending their days copying Mm -hmm. texts. Mm -hmm. But that, um, you know, sometimes they would get bored and they would maybe do some interesting pictures in the margins. Yes. Mm -hmm. So um, she was showing um, numbers of examples of sort of, Really angry bunnies. <laughs> yes. um, wow, in the I margins, think I've seen. Those. Oh, those there were some great ones. And then she went from bunnies to um, really vicious-looking snails. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they were the hybrid. Yeah. Sometimes, and then I think there was at least one snail bunny that looked like it was like going to do serious harm.
2: Yeah. Do you know, is this all the same monk, all the same artist? I don't think no? it was. This wow. is time. Was.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so you can Google actually lots of images of yep. just crazy medieval marginalia. Um, yep. Some of the things that the monks drew. Some of them are very not suitable for work. Um, they got a little obscene, some of them. And then others are just, I mean, rabbits were apparently very frightening creatures to some of these monks. I don't, well, <laughs> don't know I'm what sure happens. they were very
1: frustrating because, yeah. I mean, I find them a little frustrating True. as somebody who gardens. Mm-hmm. So. It is, it is hard to control my anger mm-hmm. at times mm-hmm. toward the bunnies. So yeah. anyway. Yeah. So owning one of those manuscripts would that be, might be pretty, pretty sweet. I think my daughter would find that hilarious, <laughs> for example. So mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So um, well, we didn't ask you what's on your nightstand, Carrie.
0: Well, I'm still... So last week I had just started... Um, Sherwood Anderson's Winesburg, Ohio. So I'm making my way through it. I really like it. Yeah, I just, I can't believe I never knew about Sherwood Mm. Anderson or this particular book. So collection of
1: short stories, really interesting. Cool. Mm -hmm. And this is a book that makes it on like the 100 best American books of all time lists Mm -hmm. Yeah. time and time again. So it's definitely a classic and well appreciated. By and the I enjoy critics. it,
0: especially at this time in the semester. Not that it's not a classic mm-hmm. or appreciated by critics, but I appreciate texts at this time in the semester that I can read like a page and a half mm-hmm. and be done with that right. section of the book
1: before <laughs> bedtime, just
2: yeah, because
0: I'm
1: reading so much else yeah. during the day.
2: Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. that's
1: nice. What yeah. about you, Anne-Marie? Um, I'm in the second of the trilogy on World War I, uh, and I... Through the door or the eye in the door by Pat Barker. Okay. It's a really interesting um, set of books looking at kind of the psychological toll of World War One mm. on the men and then also the doctors who are treating them. Yeah. And also the bonds mm-hmm. between men and all that good stuff. So
2: very, very interesting. Well yeah, and the oh. facial surgeries that are happening during the time oh, and yes. the effect on art and yes. Francis bacon mm-hmm. and yeah, there's oh, some crazy stuff. Yeah. Yep. She does not
1: address the art, okay. But it, I mean, it would be a good one. Yeah, you know, to yeah. Do. Um, anything else we need to talk about?
0: <laughs> well, I mean, there are so many things that we could talk know. about.
1: Nothing we need <laughs> to talk about, I suppose. I'm, I'm,
2: what are you guys? T- okay, so medieval art right now, and mm-hmm. then, and then we move to
0: Dante um, is next. Dante, after Dante. yeah. Okay, and so we're pretty. We're getting close to the end of the semester,
1: so we're going yep, to enter a purgatory shortly. Mm-hmm. shortly. When you get out of purgatory, though? you know. Only if Lord we are willing. really penitent. <laughs> Say enough Hail Marys. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that's, have lots of people praying for us. That's right. And get over our pride. Indeed. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So maybe we should all read a little Flannery O'Connor. Oh. Yes. Oh. I know. Another whole conversation. Yes. Anyway, um, you've been listening to Bookish at Bethel.